You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. In this podcast, we share stories and updates from persecuted Christians, analyze current persecution trends, and always bring it back to prayer. We hope that this helps you to feel more connected to your persecuted family. Here's today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about what happens around the world to our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. And of course, we always bring it back to prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm Nicolette. This is Andrew. Um, so today we're going to share a news story from Sub-Saharan Africa. But before we get into that, I do want to mention that uh, the content of the story is pretty heavy. There's a lot of violence. So just keep that in mind if um, you might find that distressing. Yeah, it's... It's going to be a heavy episode, like you yeah. said. But So it's because we want to share with you about a, a massacre that took place on the morning of October 24th yeah. in Oisha, Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo, or the DRC. Uh, Mombir, a Christian youth leader in the community, uh, described it like this. He said, when the people heard gunshots at the beginning, they thought thieves had come into the village, which is not that unusual. But when the cracking of bullets lasted for an hour, then we knew it was the ADF. The ADF is a, a short form for the Allied Democratic Forces, which is actually uh, an extremist group that is linked to the Islamic State. Mm-hmm. So according to reports of the day, many people began running when they heard gunshots. And in the process, unfortunately, some were caught um, and slaughtered with machetes, others um, died of gunshots on the spot or far away, and some who could not flee were burnt in their houses. Uh, as of the, on the day, reports said that at least 26 uh, people had been killed, uh, including a dozen children. Uh, multiple houses were burnt, shops looted. And many Christian women, uh, many Christians were reported missing, uh, including many women and children. In the days that followed, more information came out. The death toll rose to 35 people. Um, Reverend Gabriel, who is a church leader in Orisha, he shared this. Many people, mothers, women, children, were executed and beheaded. Many of these people are Christians. They were servants of God, teachers at our schools. It is the church that is under attack. Yeah. Another pastor shared this prayer request. Really pray for us that everything happened in peace and pray for the situation we're going through because the fear increased when the enemies entered the city. Your prayer is very important to us at this time when we are going through pain. Mm -hmm. The DRC is a dangerous place to live in as a Christian. In the politically unstable regions of sub-Saharan Africa, rebel groups fight for control of the area, including Islamic extremist groups like the ADF. And the ADF openly and brutally targets Christian homes and churches. Uh, Christians in the area live under uh, the threat of kidnapping and terrible violence is is commonplace for them. And there is little chance of justice through the legal system in the DRC. Many Christians have been forced to flee their homes and just seek refuge elsewhere. Yeah, and and people 
uh, who become Christian from, uh, you know, Muslim or an indigenous re religious background uh, face pressure to still participate in the traditional religious activities. And at, most, at the most extreme end of the scale, women who have converted to Christianity have been forcibly married, impregnated, and or divorced. Following the attack on the 24th, the population was extremely irate, not only at the attackers, which is natural, but also at their government. So communities took to the streets and their protests shut down markets and schools and there was a lot of frustration at the lack of security in mm -hmm. the situation. Um, the massacre was the worst of the recent violent attacks, but it wasn't the first. Uh, just two days earlier, on October 22nd, two church leaders were killed. A bit before that, on September 30th, there was this pastor and his brother, um, and they were on the way to their farm when they were kidnapped. And then um, on October 4th, they were declared dead. And so, I mean, that, that's three attacks in, you know, two months. So th there's little wonder that the church and the Democratic Republic of the Congo uh, and in, in sub-Saharan Africa in general, feels crushed. You know, one source we have in the area said the Christian population of Oisha is in despair and disillusion. They are losing hope. It is said that during the protests, some Christians question the safety God promises his children. This situation, like in previous incidents, can cause Christians to resort to traditional religions in search of protection for their families. Yeah. So groups like the ADF, the Allied Democratic Forces, as well as Boko Haram or ISWAP, uh, depending on the region in Africa, um, these groups target vulnerable populations, including religious minorities. You know, our goal is to strengthen the church so that they can withstand persecution, but you can understand the desperation that people must be feeling and their strong desire to save the lives of their children and how that can lead to someone even returning to their traditional faith. Yeah, and so the violence in, in Sub-Saharan Sub Africa has been growing. It, it's something that Open Doors has uh, taken notice of. Uh, it was one of the key trends in the 2023 World Watch List. I uh, No doubt that I'm sure violence will in Sub-Saharan Africa will, will be noted again in 2024. Um, but it, Open Doors has taken notice. In fact, Open Doors has launched a four-year campaign called Arise Africa. And the goal of this campaign is to see the, the global church uh, come alongside our brothers and sisters in Sub-Saharan Africa to stand up together against violent persecution. Open Doors has a goal to help 4 million Christians in Sub-Saharan Africa alone uh, by the year 2027, by the end of the campaign, uh, to help them spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And our goal is to see the global church rise up in prayer and support and to speak out against these injustices uh, that are happening to our brothers and sisters in Sub-Saharan Africa. And so... Uh, we really, I mean, we really want to pray. And in a few minutes, we're going to pray. We have a couple more uh, stories or just quotes we want to share with you. But it's just so important that we begin uh, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Sub-Saharan Africa, not just during the podcast, but each and every day, because there's so much violence that they're facing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hearing um, that quote from um, our partner in um, Oisha, 
um, it made me kind of realize the the gravity of hope, like mm-hmm. how important it is in like a somber way. And um, it's it's hard to hear these stories, um, but I hope that it drives you and us and all of us to prayer because you know trusting in mm-hmm. God and having strong faith that He's gonna be there for you in situations where your life is in danger. Like that's not an automatic thing. And it's really important that we take the time to encourage our brothers and sisters, even from here in Canada, and to lift them in prayer because they need the hope of Christ in these situations. Amen. That's that's good encouragement, Nicolette. You know, as I said, uh, this isn't just happening in the DRC. It's happening across Sub-Saharan Africa. so, uh, but the ADF uh, in June of this year uh, killed 42 people in an attack on a school in Uganda. In October, Open Doors partners were able to travel to Uganda to visit uh, the families of those who have been uh, killed or had people injured. Uh, one of the women that uh, that our Open Doors team members met with was named Sylvia, and her, her both her husband and her son had been killed in the attack. And so Sylvia is now struggling to provide for her other children, she's a single mom. Uh, and But this is what she says, and, and I want, you know, Nicolette has encouraged us to pray, but I also want you to hear from people who are experiencing it. She says, pray to God that I have energy to take care of my other children and the ability for me to work. Right now, I'm only at home. It is hard for me to get up in the morning because I've lost hope. Another woman in... Uh, Uganda uh, named Kule, uh, she's uh, she's mourning from that same attack as well. She's mourning the loss of her 15-year-old son, and he hasn't actually been confirmed dead. But um, after after the attack, there were 11 students that um, are still missing, and he is one of them. She says, "I have no peace at home because I remember what he used to do." After school, he would feed his animals and work in a small garden at home. I keep these memories of him in my mind always. I have no peace. May God open for us a way for me to be able to see my child, whether alive or dead. I request that all uh, brothers and sisters help us in prayer and ask that God makes a way. At least what is impossible for man, for God it is always possible. You know, I, I can't imagine what she's feeling. It, it's just outside of the experience of me as, as a Christian in Canada. Um, you know, we use the term persecuted family a lot, and that's on purpose. Yeah. For people like Sylvia and Kule, they've lost members of their family. And one of the best ways that we can help them is by being family to them. Part of that is being present and praying with them, which is what our Open Doors partners are doing thanks to your support. Uh, but in Canada, we can do that by honoring Kool-Aid's request. Pray that God makes a way. Pray that they're given strength. Pray that God shows up in their situation. I think there's there's so many things that have, in the quotes that we've read, that like, you know, pray that God makes a way. Pray for me to have strength. I have no hope. Mm-hmm. Pray uh, that that people in the community are questioning God's safety that He promises. Right? Like, 
They need our prayers. They need our prayers. And so I encourage you to pray with us. Like that, would you pray? Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, uh, today we grieve with our brothers and sisters in Jesus. Uganda, in the DRC, in Sub-Saharan Africa that are um, losing hope because of the violence they experience, because they believe in God. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would meet our brothers and sisters in a powerful way, even in this moment right now. Uh, Lord, we think of all of the um, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, the church members that are grieving the loss of their loved one, that are um, feeling hopeless in their grief, um, that are feeling scared and panicked. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would comfort them. Lord, um, there are some of our brothers and sisters that are, um, are losing faith and that are uh, not sure if they can trust you and they're uh, even some are returning to traditional uh, religions and uh, Lord um, we know that it's because they're hurting so much and and we ask God that you uh, would meet them where they are Holy Spirit please make yourself um, um, aware uh, make yourself known to them Lord, I pray that they would encounter your presence, Amen. that, Lord, when they come to you with their brokenness and their grief um, and their fear, Lord, may they experience the peace that passes all understanding. May they encounter um, the hope that is found in Christ. May they lean on you. And, Lord, we, we also think of uh, pastors and leaders in sub-Saharan Africa. I remember hearing um, a story of a pastor um, whose home was um, surrounded uh, by uh members of an extremist group and he was sharing about how even though he's a leader and a pastor he experiences so much fear and it impacts how he can lead uh, the sheep that he's entrusted to care for and so lord um, we ask that you would strengthen uh, the leaders and pastors that you have called in sub-saharan africa lord may you speak through them may you heal them and uh, just empower them to to minister and also um, uh, allow their own faith to be protected as they try um, to help others to stay strong in their faith. Um, We just ask for a powerful move of your spirit and we ask for things to change. We ask for um, uh, governments to care for uh, their citizens and um, we we pray, Lord, that this trend of violence would decrease and that the church would not be um, attacked um, like we've seen um, in this last year. Um, So, Lord, we know this is, it feels so big to us, but what is Um, impossible for us we know is possible with you so we leave it at your feet and we're grateful um, that we get to encourage our brothers and sisters even all the way here in Canada Um, in Jesus name I pray amen amen thank you so much for praying with us for our brothers and sisters in Africa and I encourage you continue to pray they they need our prayers in fact if you need a resource to help you praying for our brothers and sisters in Africa, visit opendoorscanada.org slash Arise Africa. And uh, there's a a week of prayer document. You can download it for free. Uh, And it actually has eight days and eight ways that you can be praying for your persecuted family. Get in the habit. Make it something that you do every day as our brothers and sisters face so much violence for their faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you know when our next episode is out.
You can learn more about what persecuted Christians face and how you can help strengthen them on our social media at Open Doors Canada or at our website, opendoorscanada.org.